0: I give you a good reason to Be careful you use it. Use it. What's going on, everybody? Welcome into the Fortress of Comic-Tude podcast. My name is Tyler. I'm Mary. We're joined once again, Philip C V rejoins the, uh, the podcast to talk about an upcoming miniseries he has coming out from Dark Horse. It's going to be awesome. We're going to get all the deets on that, or at least as much as, you know, Phil wants to give away here. <laughs> the deets. <laughs> all the deets. That's what the kids say, right? I don't no? know. <laughs> <laughs> Phil, welcome back to the show, man. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me back on. So, we talked to you a few months ago. It been, what, November, December? Something like that, yeah. Right so before, before the freeze, the freeze came, came out. Mm-hmm. Um, so, what's what's been up since then, besides obviously working on the new book? and Yeah. So, the
1: new book is called Triage. It's coming from Dark Horse in the Fall, and really... I, I started working full-time on it in January, so that's all I've been doing okay. pretty much. I mean, I started writing it last year in October, so by the time the book comes out, it'll have been a year since the book got approved right. and I've been working on it. In one capacity or another Mm -hmm. for 11 months. So
0: it's it's nice to hear you actually say it once out loud just so I know how it's supposed to be pronounced. Cause (laughs) I've even heard other people in like the nerd store, like, is it triage or triage (laughs) or what? Like, like, at least hear it one time. Yeah, it's triage. It's like
1: a medical term. So
0: you didn't know that? Well, I mean, it's just one of those things. Of like, how, how do you say it? Oh, okay. No,
1: I've had some people say triage already. I was like, dang it. I thought I picked a name that was clear I said triage. Enough. Yeah.
0: I, I thought triage, so. <laughs> yeah, no, you're, you're right.
1: I it's went all tri- good. I went
0: triage for some reason. Okay. Triage
1: or triage, whatever you want to call it. You as long as you buy it. So. Like, like
0: uh, Kenny and I had a conversation about um, Jeff Johns' Green Lantern run. And we were talking about the Sapphire Lanterns, whatever. Mm-hmm. And I've, I've said Zamarrons my whole life. And he said he said Zamarans one time. And I was like, what? Um. And I was like, I was like, is that how you're supposed to say it? He goes, I don't know. That's just how I've always read it. And so it's like, what the hell? So yeah. Someone needs to reach out to Jeff and find out. Huh? So I've said Zamarins for a decade. Yeah. Now. It's the
1: weird part of working in a medium that's not auditory at all. You yeah. have all these weird names and character things. And you're like, I don't know how to pronounce that really. For
0: sure. It's like symbiote, symbiote, sim- whatever, however it is. Symbiote. Else they- yeah, no symbiote. I've heard some <laughs> weird ones on that. Uh, I remember when Metal was coming out, people were asking Scott Snyder how to say the villain's name because some people said Barbados or Barbatos. Or Barbados. Yeah, so everyone- <laughs> and uh, he said it's like Barbara Toast. He said, think of it that way. So it's like Barbatos. How- Barbatos,
1: okay, well, now I know. So, okay. Yeah, so it's just one of those things. Again.
0: right? Watchmen, Ozymandias, Ozymandias, right? It's just one of those things. Like Some people... Yeah, so got to hear it at least once, right? from the From the guy, so there it is. It's out there at least one time. There it is. (laughs) If you If you continue to say it the other way, at least you don't have an excuse now. (laughs) Uh, So this thing's not even coming out till what September?
1: September fourth is the release date for the first issue. Yeah, crazy.
0: So you've. Starting in January, you'll have this thing basically already done, right? By the time the first issue comes out, we I mean, pretty that's, close.
1: That's the hope, yeah. I just locked issue two just the other day. I sent you guys that copy. Um, got the letters in. I'm starting on art for issue three this week. Mm-hmm. So I would hope by the time the first issue's out, I'll at least have issue four locked down. I think that's where uh, deadline-wise I'm supposed to be. It's The first issue took me, I think, four and a half months to do was an extremely long and difficult Mm -hmm. process just art wise Uh, that was just all art so yeah I think I'm getting comfortable and speeding back up but there was a lot to design Mm -hmm. Uh, I've got 50 to 100 different design sheets that I've done for the book just trying to keep everything you know design everything and keep it consistent and keep it original and not just wing it I was trying to plan as best as humanly possible before I got definitely
0: original (laughs) So last time we talked to you was you, you and Dan. We were talking about the freeze mm-hmm. and everything. So that book's all wrapped up now. The trade's out and everything. What it is? So now that you know we've been away from it for a little bit, how do you kind of feel about the freeze now? As you look back on it, are you pretty proud of the work you did? And how's the response kind of been?
1: Yeah. So the response has been uh, really good from the people we've talked to. I think sales were. were I think the first issue of the freeze is the best selling issue of a book I've ever worked on so far.
0: Which is great. You know, I hope
1: to break that with triage, but you just never know. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can't predict sales. You just gotta- that's actually
0: saying something because they're original characters, right? Because you worked on yeah. like. Croft, which is ours, obviously like a well-known character. So the fact that you beat that Mm -hmm. with the freeze is pretty great.
1: Yeah. And, you know, I don't know trade sale numbers, but as far as single issues go, that freeze first issue uh, did really well for the books that I've worked on. Um, Yeah. I'm really proud of the work we put into that series. It was, again, a lot of work as well. It was the first time I colored myself and I designed all those characters with the help with Dan's input, obviously. Mm -hmm. Um, And yeah, I was really proud of kind of how we wrapped it up. And I, you know, I'm hoping to do more. We haven't heard one way or the other if there's going to be more we're waiting for confirmation and um yeah we'll see i mean um dan will be at san diego and i'll be doing stuff with top cow so hopefully we'll be able to have a conversation with matt and see kind of where things are at you just you know mm-hmm. with independent books you're never quite sure uh viability cost wise and if it's going to work and obviously it wasn't on that business side of the decision i was just drawing the books so. yeah for sure so hopefully we get to do more but as it stands we're you know proud of the work we put into it
0: do, like do cons kind of work that way as like as a good excuse to kind of have business meetings because you have a lot of people in the same spot where it's like well while well, we're all here oh for
1: sure yeah I mean <laughs> the only reason I do conventions anymore pretty much is just networking opportunities and networking is like this broad blanket term but in general for me that's just like just getting to see the people I know and take meetings and and talk about. You know, both business and just checking in with people to see how life's are going and have mm-hmm. dinners and lunches and coffees and breakfasts and, and hanging out till three in the morning every night type thing.
0: <laughs> That's great. It's part yeah. of the experience, right? Yeah. So you had done Tomb Raider and stuff obviously with Dark Horse already, so you mm-hmm. had a pretty decent relationship with them. I did, yeah. Um, is that kind of how this thing started? Did you did you reach out to them to do this book or did they come say, hey, we we'll want to do something else with you or how did that all kind of happen?
1: Yeah, so I owe everything to my editor on Tomb Raider Inferno is Megan Walker um, and Megan didn't edit the original run of Tomb Raider I was on. She replaced the editor I worked with who um, who left the company and went, I think she went to DC for a while actually. Um, but Megan reached out to me at the beginning of 2017, I think. And okay. she was like, hey, I was a fan of your work on the first run We've got a new mini series. Do you want to come back and draw it? Um, so obviously we did Tomb Raider and Inferno together. And as we were wrapping up, I wrapped that fourth issue, like a couple of days before San Diego Comic-Con last year. Mm-hmm. Um, she told me, she's like, I, I don't have a lot of um, comic books on my slate. Dark Horse does lots of art books and other things like that that the editors work on. So she's like, you know, if you have any original concepts or anything, uh, feel free to pitch them to me. I'd love to to get some more books going and some more creator owned stuff. So like a week before San Diego and I, I I mean this literally it was a week before San Diego I uh I was like I came up with this idea for triage and I I managed to cobble together three character designs and a rambling idea like a <laughs> rambling paragraph of what it was <laughs> um and I actually put it together for a different company um there cuz I I'd been talking to an editor there and I pitched a couple different things and they liked me and my work and we hadn't really find the right, found the right project. And I was like, what if I come in with this loose idea that is like a really big genre span, uh, spanning book, um, maybe because it's less structured and less put together than my previous pitch ideas, it'll work well. Um, so I had a meeting with Megan and I had one or two other things to show her. And this was the first thing I showed her. And she was like, this is really cool. I like this. She's like, how about you just, you know, put down the pitch idea on into like a paragraph written down with the character designs and send it to me. Um, So I sent it to her just after the show. I managed to, it was literally the ugliest pitch packet I've ever put (laughs) together because all it was, was just these designs with this rambling thing. And it was just awful, the design, but it was just trying to get the information across. And I sent it to her probably the beginning of August. Um, And like the beginning of September, she sent me an email and said, it's approved, you know, it's five issue miniseries with the trade. And, Oh, you know, let me know. So I was, I was very just blown away. So I owe it to her, but not just to getting the book approved, but also having faith and trust in me. Like I'd never written anything for her. Yeah. I'd, I'd written The House and Paradox, but th- working with her, those are, I mean, those were independent books. I'd never done. Anything bigger as a writer, so she somehow trusted me with a couple scribbles and a, an a incoherent sentence, and <laughs> got a book approved. Okay, um, so I guess yeah, you once, can. <laughs> once the book was approved, I was like, oh crap, I got to make this a real thing now. <laughs> I
0: actually got to do. I actually want to touch on that a little bit too, because totally. I, because I believe that like. You know, I, it's fair to say that you're obviously, I think, more known for for your art and oh, stuff. 100 percent, yeah. But um, you know, reading things like Paradox and The House and stuff, which people should definitely check out if they haven't, and I think that's all on your website as well. Which yeah, we'll, you can get we'll... it from my
1: website. Huh? And Paradox is actually going to be reprinted by a publisher. Oh, uh, oh cool. Beginning that's next great. year. Yeah, that's great. The, nice. the the the, the celestial will be out in November, so I don't think mm-hmm. I can officially announce yet, but soon, yeah, it'll be out in. So
0: reading those, Star Trek. it's I'll buy like that again. <laughs> I I really enjoyed reading those and stuff. But reading, you know, we've been lucky enough to read the first two issues of this and stuff. It's like, yeah, you know, you do deserve the credit for writing, dude, because it, it is—it's a solid foundation. I think you've already put in. Well, thank you. And I kind of want to ask you, like, where kind of the inspiration comes from? Because I know you're a sci-fi guy, uh-huh. um, and so there's definitely a lot of that going on here. But mm. where does you know, where does the the egg come from that you know spawns this whole? this whole storyline
1: sure yeah so let me let me describe the story really quickly yeah i'll let you uh, do it because i don't want to <laughs> no no it's fine um the the story follows a character named evie pierce she's you know late 20s early 30s whatever she's a nurse um she's accomplished everything kind of in life that she set out to do um all of those goals very focused driven person but then when she gets there she realizes like i'm not happy like what do, what do I do now that I've accomplished everything I want to do? And it turns out it's not actually what I want. And how do I how do I reclass it? How do I restart myself? And how do how do all my relationships change now that the person I thought I was isn't the person I want to be? Um, and she wakes up one morning in an otherworldly place with two other people. One's kind of a sassy superhero and another one's kind of like a, a badass furiosa
0: post apocalyptic
1: <laughs> warrior. Uh, and they come to find out that there is an entity um, hunting them. And if the entity kills all of them, uh, all existence will die. Um, So they (laughs) they set out on this quest to figure out who they are, why they were brought together, why they're so important, and how to survive when this unstoppable killing machine is just... Is, is hunting them. So that's kind of the setup for the first issue. And I, I could describe, that's like the first 14 pages of the first issue. <laughs> I put a lot into this series. It's like, it's crammed. I think Jackson Lansing, who's one of the writers I worked on with Tomb Raider, uh, was very, very gracious and gave me a great quote on the book. But he basically said like, you do more in 20 pages than a lot of books do in 120 pages.
0: That first issue is pretty um, heavy. It's, it's, it's a lot. Bad. It's a lot of things. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, so that's what the book's about. And as far as like where that comes from, obviously like, yeah, I, I love sci-fi. I love genre stuff um the house is is drew and i's like love letter to horror Um, i wanted to do a book that couldn't be classified um because like i love comics i love comics so much i've read comics as long as i can read and look at pictures and what i love about comics is i have spent a lot of time thinking about like what about comics are unique to their medium Mm -hmm. um what can you do in comics that you can't do in tv and that you can't do in movies or other things um i think we had a trend for a long time in kind of like independent and mid-level publishing where you were getting lots of people coming over from Hollywood who were just like, I got this script and I can't make it into a movie. Um, I'm going to pitch it as a comic book. So hopefully it'll get picked up that way.
0: The Mark Miller method. Yeah. 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 <laughs> to, to, I
1: mean, and it works really well for him. So oh, yeah. God bless Mark Miller and his millions. Yeah. Um, but for a long time, you were getting books that were just like pitches for other medium. And mm. I don't, I don't think that's hundred percent wrong because you got great books out of that.
0: For sure. Um, but it I was work. like,
1: yeah, I'm like, I want to do a book that like, And then this is it's almost like a dumb idea on my part. But I was like, I want to do something that someone won't pick up and be like, oh, man, I can't wait to see this as a movie. Like producers will pick it up and be like, I have no idea how to adapt this. This is like so comic book. Um, So I I wanted to do something that was a genre mashup that was like as outrageous as could be as it was as big as possible. Like I can throw superhero genre. like I wanted to do a superhero story and I love post apocalyptic stories and I love human stuff. And I was like, what if I throw that all together into one book? Mm -hmm. Um, And that's kind of where the the ideas for triage came from was this desire to do a book that was just 100 percent comic books like uh, you guys know me like I love Cable in the X-Men oh, because yeah. he's the most crazy comic book thing you can humanly imagine so, so convoluted crazy, yeah. it's oh so oh my gosh yeah. it's insane you like, can't
0: even explain Cable to somebody no like, we can have a whole podcast on Cable. like how much origins. time do you have <laughs> like who's Cable I don't know like, sit down for a while yeah, let's like, talk about listeners it listeners <laughs> of the
1: podcast just go to his Wikipedia page and read his history it's yeah. psychotic it's... Uh, in the best possible way And like, I'm actually
0: pretty impressed they pulled it off in Deadpool 2 as good as they could like you, yeah. you, you made the most condensed version of ca- of Cable you probably could oh for And, you know, some people were upset that it wasn't 100% accurate or whatever. But I'm like, dude, how how can you be? Yeah, Yeah, like you you should give them credit for even just pulling Cable off at all.
1: Yeah, and I was like a nine-year-old kid reading the Executioner song, which is still one of my favorite X-Men crossovers of all time, probably because I read it as a nine-year-old. I don't know how it holds (laughs) up today. Um, But, yeah, like you were revealing the origins of Cable and Strife, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, this is insane. And that kind of permanently like that impressive moment. Like I, what I love about comics is what they can do that you mm-hmm. can't, you can't do that in a movie. Like you can't have like baby from a clone's girlfriends who gets a techno organic virus and goes and it just goes on and on and mm-hmm. on. So, I mean, that's, those are the two things that, I mean, that's one of the big aspects of like, what can I do a triage that can't be done anywhere else? That's, that's crazy. Um, and I think kind of uh, from more of like a personal side, so I mean obviously we we pitched this I, I pitched you the uh, kind of what the story's about in Evie um from like a narrative standpoint that I latch onto as as a personal like I, if I'm going to tell a story I have to get I have to have some sort of connection to it because like I said I've been working on this book since last October if I don't have some sort of like personal connection to the work, then I'll get bored. I'll, I'll like my mind will wander, mm-hmm. um, and as a writer, that's what I always try to find. But I mean, I got two examples in my life where that very much kind of inform the starting point for for Evie as a character, and at least the themes I want to explore in the um, the book. Um, I got an undergraduate degree in corporate finance, and I worked for a finance company for three or four years in my twenties before I, I I fully transitioned into comics, and it was just miserable. Um, but I mean, graduating. I graduated with a, a top program. I got a job with one of the top uh, companies in the field. It was like I, I checked off all those things that I wanted to do. So all you my put goals. a little
0: of yourself in her, oh, right? Very yeah. much
1: so, yeah. And I, I got to that job, and I was like, oh, my gosh, I hate this job. Yeah. I'm like, is this the, <laughs> the next 40 years of my life? I'm like, I That's did everything depressing. I wanted to do, and it sucks. Um so obviously, you know, there was that feeling, and then how do you transition out of that into something different? I mean, obviously, I did. I quit, went to art school, got into comics, and it kind of set myself back four or five years, at least, if not more, like six or seven years, um, from where I was. But it was, yeah, it was, it was a really difficult thing. And I think the second aspect of it that informs that is, is um, I went through like a big faith transition over the past few years. Growing up, very, very religious. Very, very devoted and then transitioning out of that and realizing as I shifted how much that defined everything who I was Mm -hmm. and all the relationships around me. And now how do you redefine who yourself, who yourself are? How do you redefine those relationships? Can you save all relationships? that were brought you together with this common factor. Now that you don't have that common factor, do you still have those relationships? Like how much of your life falls apart and how do you build it back together? So those were two things personally that I brought to the story. And then obviously the whole story is not me. I'm I'm not a nurse and and all these things. But 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 you can see
0: that stuff in there, you know, specifically in some of Evie's like monologue stuff Mm -hmm. in that first issue specifically, I think. Um, that, that's actually really good because I think that's like a really relatable thing. I think a lot of people want to believe that they're destined for better things mm-hmm. and people get complacent in life and they, you know, just like, oh, you know, are, am I really happy? You know, like some people, yeah. it's like I'm successful sometimes or even I have this and this going for me, but are you like truly happy at the end of the day? Do you like what you're doing? Yeah. You know, so that, that's a good like kind of foundation to build a story around because I think you'd be, you know, probably hard to find someone that at least hasn't felt that at least at yeah. some point in their life. For sure.
1: I think... You know, from a societal standpoint, we're under a lot of pressure from an early age that, you know, graduate high school, you start college, you pick a career, you pick a, a major at 18 or 19, and that mm-hmm. feeds into your career for the rest of your lifetime
0: life. commitment. This is, yeah, make your choice now of what you're going to do for the rest yeah, of your life.
1: Exactly. And, you know, I think that spills over from like our grandparents generation, the, the greatest generation um, where it was like, yeah, they would. You know, post war, post whatever, get a career and stay in the same job for 50 years.
0: Without the college part, though. Yeah, without the
1: college part. Yeah. And with each successive generation, the amount of career turnover, not just job turnover, I think statistically right now, you will change careers like four times in your life, not just jobs, Mm -hmm. like careers. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So I think everyone can relate to that idea of like, I'm here where I'm supposed to be because this is what I'm told I'm supposed to be. I'm 24 Mm -hmm. years old or whatever it is. And now I'm like. Like, yeah, yeah, what do I do? It's either that 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 panic of like uh, freezing because you're like too many choices. Do I pick the wrong one or you pick something and you're like, I like oh, the freeze. Yeah. Like, oh, no, am I stuck in this for the rest of forever? Yeah. And I think as I've talked to people, as I've been working on it, I think that seems to be a relatable or common uh, occurrence or feeling mm-hmm. with people. Yeah
0: it almost becomes like following a script at one point, right? It's like, well, this is what I'm supposed to do because that's what people do. And I guess I just go do, you know. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, and I think even to a lesser degree, something like this is, you know, I've been an artist in comics for a handful of years now. And I'm, I, you know, I, I'm starting to get some established roots in what I do. And now I'm like shifting gears here to be like, I'm I'm, I'm writing and drawing and coloring. I'm doing all of this on a creator-owned book. And, and so I've had to, I've, had to turn down freelance opportunities over the last year so to work on, work on this book. It. Yeah, so mm-hmm. I'm like, I hope it works out, but it, yeah. it's another big shift in like, this is the role I found myself in, and now I'm trying to shift even within comics to to change the direction of that a little bit.
0: Mm-hmm. The Freeze was kind of an experimental thing for you because it was, you know, we brought it up then that this was your first time kind of inking and coloring yourself and mm-hmm. doing, I mean, you inked your stuff before, but, co- the but coloring and but color everything, sure. yeah. yeah. Um, and, you know, I was really impressed with the Page of the Freeze, especially for you doing it the first time. Mm-hmm. But now you take that and you're also writing this now, obviously. So yeah. how is that kind of? I, is it stressful to feel like it's all on you don't have somebody else to like put the load on or, or is it kind yeah. of gratifying in a sense of like this is 100% mine it either succeeds or fails based on me yeah
1: the answer is yes uh both a <laughs> <laughs> little bit of both yeah no it's funny like i've written stuff before obviously like you know between yeah. house and paradox but I've, I've been writing since forever in a day since i was a kid So the idea of writing wasn't intimidating or scary, but suddenly when I was like, oh, this is like all on me and this is coming for, you know, a major publisher with a lot more eyes on it, Mm -hmm. whereas everything I've done before is either for myself or it's small enough. I don't, you know, anytime someone reads it, I'm happy regardless of whether they like it or not. Um, So, yeah, there was an added pressure that I didn't anticipate going in. And obviously, like we just announced this two weeks ago or something. So I've been working on it forever. No one knows about it other than like friends. So there's no... Um, public pressure, but it was all, it was all internal. Um,
0: Dark Horse has been really supportive too. They posted a lot of like stuff just on all their pages, and yeah, seem like they're pushing the book really, really well. Already. No, they're awesome. I love so. the people
1: there. They're like my comic book family. They're so great. Um, but yeah, as I was working on it, I I didn't realize how much comics as a collaborative nature you rely on all your collaborative i mean and obviously like i love working with my people so it's not like i didn't care or think about them but there's a like an internal emotional reliance um in that connectivity between stuff where i'd be like you know i'm doing my best i can on my part and i that's all i would worry about Mm -hmm. i i knew that my writers were doing their best and my colors or letters or editors everyone was doing their best so it was like i know the product we put forth regardless of how it is in the end? Everyone put their 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 best foot forward into it. So now that I'm doing it all myself, it's like, oh, I've got nobody to fall back on. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. the only person I can blame <laughs> is my letter, Frank, and Frank's amazing. So I can't be like, and that's yeah, I Have
0: to go after the letter <laughs> or two. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I gotta like,
1: be like Frank. That art sucks. You screwed it up. I know you did. But no, they always get the amazing. short end of the stick, anyways. So <laughs> they like really then to go
0: after to go after him. Yeah, that's yeah, pretty terrible.
1: That was the only that was the only position. I was like, I need a letter. I need mm-hmm. an awesome letter. And I used Frank Vetkovic, who lettered the house. Um, to to letter this book and Frank's awesome and he's done a great job and and like you mentioned like they're they're dense issues and I I would hand him scripts and be like. Sorry, Frank. Pl- please make the dialogue please. fit. <laughs> I tried really hard,
0: but <laughs> I don't feel like it's overly wordy, though. A no, oh, so Um, you good, know. Then he
1: did a great job making it flow really well because mm-hmm. I think it's a little heavier. I, yeah, I don't. I don't think it's like you know nine late nineties Claremont wordy or something yeah, exactly. like that. But <laughs> we
0: beat up Claremont. We beat up Scott Snyder sometimes too for <laughs> being very dialogue heavy. I don't. I don't get that from at least not from the first two issues.
1: Oh, good. Good. I'm so, glad. I'm glad. It's
0: just a lot of things going on, but it, but. Yes it feels paced well too though it's not so much like here's everything thrown at you it's yeah. just like make sure you're paying attention because things are going to be moving very quickly and you have to make sure that you're obviously yeah. catching it all especially that first issue i think <laughs> a lot of stuff going on
1: oh yeah there's a lot yeah that doesn't have to be a bad thing but no i think um, and that's kind of my you ask my poor students when i as i taught for a year a years for Bo and now comics experience i try and give everyone as much bang for their buck as possible, I guess, is my especially
0: in a first issue because you really got to sell that for sure. concept. Yeah,
1: like I, I have friends in comics and we talk a lot about first issues because all of us are doing various creator-owned books or or first issues for other publishers and it's like what makes a good first issue, what doesn't make a good first issue. We've How do talked... you hook
0: it? How do you get people yeah. to come back for issue two?
1: We, you know, we we sat down and kind of had our our our, our breakdown of what we feel works, what we feel doesn't work. And one of my good friends is a writer, also is a, is a critic and, a, and an, you know, and has worked on comic sites and done tons of reviews. And so, we, yeah, we we've spent months and months talking about what makes a good first issue. And it is first issues are so hard because mm-hmm. it can be it can be really easy to do 21 pages of like, here's characters and here's world. And, you know, here's people like whatever. And then on that last page, be like, and here's my hook. Mm -hmm. I'm like, and that's cool. It can be done really well. But at the same time, oftentimes, if you do that, the amount of information you get in that issue is the same thing that's in a two sentence solicit Mm -hmm. um, in preview. So we, we talked a lot about like trying to find a way to give you more than you know, when you're going into the book. Mm-hmm. Um, you we looked at great examples like um, obviously Brian came on as like one of the best first issue writers ever. Oh, yeah. Look at Saga. Look at Paper Girls. Look at Why the Last Man. Um, Karen Gillan does a phenomenal job, like that first issue, it's which just the first mine. page of
0: Saga. You don't even have to have oh, the first, first issue. Oh, yeah, Love Saga <laughs> so much.
1: Uh, what are some of the other ones? Like, we looked at like Grant Morrison's new X Men run. Uh, that first issue with Frank quietly, or i been like,
0: rereading that lately. That uh, that first e f, e's for execute, or was it? E's, yeah, e is for extinction. is for extinct. That's what it is. That first arc of Grant Morrison's X Men, dude. Oh, it's so good, oh, it's so good, man. Like you know,
1: one of my favorite first issues, um, is Birthright, the first issue from Josh Williamson mm-hmm. and um Andre Bursan from Skybound. Like I love that first issue, and it's 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 like you know, Harry Potter meets Conan meets Lord of the Rings type thing, and I felt. He does a really cool thing. If you've never read it, I'm going to spoil it, but it's a one issue. Like there's forty issues out. Five or six years old at this point. Yeah, exactly. It's about you know a a kid's playing baseball with his dad, and the dad throws the ball into the forest, and the kid goes after it. And And after a minute or two, the dad's (laughs) like, "Where are you?" And he runs in, and the kid's gone. Yeah. And a year later, the kid returns, and he's like this Conan, like 35 year old Conan guy, and he's like, "I've been in this fantasy world. I saved them from this dark evil lord." Um, I was like this chosen prophet, mm-hmm. and now I've come back, and it's it's how his family fell apart when he was gone, and they how they, they try to come back together. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, how they try like, to come back together, me. yeah, and it's like oh, that's such a cool setup, and yeah. then on the last page of the first issue, you find out the dark evil lord that he supposedly killed, he didn't, the dark evil lord's still yeah. there, and he's working for the dark evil lord, and yeah. I was just like, oh, there were so many good like. There's the concept. There's the setup. There's the hook. He comes back, and one more thing that you weren't expecting. Everything yeah. he's saying is a lie. And he's a bad guy, and you're like, mm-hmm. oh my gosh, this is such a good first it's issue. So good.
0: Yeah, it, 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 I think it's got to be hard. It's almost like an art form in a sense of building mm-hmm. a first issue because we see like the sales and stuff between an issue one and an issue two. Yeah. So like you got to really make sure that you have enough. That's. I mean, you're never gonna catch everybody, but no. you hope that you can at least catch enough people to. You know, this is an interesting concept. I want to come back and see exactly what this is. The other thing I was gonna ask you was. Was this going to be 100% you from the beginning? Was there ever a time you know where you thought about maybe I'll write this and have somebody else draw it? Or was it always, um, I want to do this myself?
1: Yeah, this one was always 100% myself. Okay. Um, there was a couple uh, things that I pitched to Megan. Um, two of them were 100% myself. This is one of them. Uh, and then the other two were various, me working with a writer or me working with an artist, two different projects. But yeah, the the first two that I put up were like, this is something I've really always wanted to do with my career is to be a, you know, a cartoonist, I guess you could say someone who <laughs> both writes and draws. Because um, there's not as many out there, at least in the mainstream sense. Yeah. Um, not I mean, as many
0: as they used to. I feel like there used to be more.
1: For sure. I mean, back in the day, things like John Byrne or Frank Miller mm-hmm. or people who were, not only writers and artists, but they were writers and artists on mainstream titles. Which... You talk about
0: the image boom too, which I mean, oh, you yeah. can you can talk about how good or not good those guys are as writers, but you know, Todd was writing and drawing Spawn, Rob Liefeld yeah. was writing and drawing, and know, they did it. Is the thing? You know, so yeah. To success or not, you know, look at the sales of those books, I, uh, I guess. Know, I'm like, <laughs> if
1: I can sell as much as Youngblood, I don't care if people feel the same way <laughs> can about sell it. sell <laughs> like
0: 25% of that. That's, I think you'd be pretty...
1: I will <laughs> sell happily 10% of what Youngblood yeah, did. And I don't it. care if any, if everyone hates it, I will be happy.
0: So, <laughs> We've been fortunate enough to be, you know, obviously communicating with you quite a bit kind of yeah. through this process and everything. So I remember a few months back... Um, before you'd even really told me all what it was or whatever. But I mm-hmm. you know, we had talked about you were doing something for Dark Horse and that mm-hmm. was kinda hush hush. And you had sent me just a picture of the the cover of the first issue with the hunter on it and everything. And dude, that hunter design is so kick ass. Super <laughs> awesome. It yes. is so freaking cool. The, the first you. time I saw that cover, I was just like, I don't even know what this is, but I want it.
1: <laughs> I also really like how Orbit looks too. Oh yeah,
0: yeah, thank that's you. That's a great design. They're all really
1: good. <laughs> I think Orbit's my favorite. <laughs> um I think that's it-
0: poster worthy though. That that first that first yeah, the cover of that true. first issue oh. See, that Thank needs you. to be like a poster. Or yeah, something.
1: I've gotten almost all the covers done. I'm, I've been fighting with issue four for two days now. Issue five is actually done. Um, and I that was kind of my thing. I was like, I want all of them to be poster. Like, I had the layouts that I sent to my editor, and after that first one, I like changed every single one to make it like <laughs> bigger, poster, bigger, better. Do it. That uh, that second issue cover is like one of my favorites. Yeah. Um, and i got some really cool artists doing variants but yeah i know like um like related and this will be like you know we have to i'll have to cross promote these i was on there's a co- uh, cosplay podcast recording here oh, called, yeah i saw uh, that on uh, your, yeah.
0: your socials yeah
1: yeah and i did an episode with them um fan made is the name of it and the the episode was about just like costume and character design and mm-hmm. how comics and the the cosplay community uh, work and interact with each other and we talked about um, the design process for these because like some of them like Orbit I went through and Orbit's our superhero character I a good must design have designed too. like 30 or 40 mm-hmm. variations of them I'll have to mm-hmm. send them over I think uh, uh, yeah I'd the, like to
0: see yeah the, the other... cosplay
1: podcast was gonna post a link with all of the different variations
0: oh, okay so. I love like the bunny ears too yeah uh, <laughs> so yeah and like
1: even after I, I did I settled on my final design I still did six variations of the final design that I sent to my editor <laughs> And the, um, she's got like this orange yellow jacket with bunny ears on it. And that was like the last thing I threw on after she'd already approved the final design. I was like, what about this jacket? And Mm -hmm. everyone loves that jacket. So
0: that's great. we'll have
1: to get that. Maybe yeah. hunter was another one, the hunter character. I went through a bunch of different designs. Mm -hmm. Again, another one, like I had a final design. And then when I sat down after I was working on the scripts, I was like, nope, it's not good. So I redesigned a bunch of different versions to kind of get to there and. The only problem is, is once I had it designed, I was like, "Crap, I got to draw this stupid thing a million times from a bunch (laughs) of different angles, and it is a pain in the butt." (laughs) Yeah,
0: that's like action figure. worthy I get, dude, that's a kick-ass design.
1: I mean, that was kind of what I what I wanted to do going in with the design. I wanted each one to. Distinctly stand out from the genre I'm pulling from and have those inspirations, but and I think they do, yeah. Oh, good, and thank you. Can... And I want yeah, them like man. I want them to look like, oh man, I want to cosplay this or I want this toy, like good luck everything. Cosplaying I went that in. hunter
0: thing though. Good <laughs> luck hunter, building that. The <laughs>
1: hunter's gonna be, tough. <laughs> but maybe a cool toy. Oh, uh, but yeah, I mean, somebody'll do it. Yeah, there was a lot of thought that went. I mean, I'm not a natural. I'm not like you know Chris Anker or Jamie McKelvey who are naturally brilliant designers. I had to put mm-hmm. a lot of work into them, but <laughs> I think I think they turned out all right. So.
0: Does that give you some more like artistic freedom when you're doing things yourself like versus like, you know, say the freeze or whatever where you're getting scripts and like, okay, Dan wants this and this Mm -hmm. and this. And I have to kind of design the page this way, whatever, where it's like you can kind of do it however you want. It gives you the freedom to like do these crazy page layouts or like I can move things around. If this doesn't really work, I'm also the writer. So I'll just kind of change this and make it work the way I want it to look or whatever. Is that kind of you know freeing in a sense
1: uh yeah it's freeing to a scary effect where i feel like i don't have a safety net (laughs) (laughs) obviously i have an editor and she's a phenomenal safety net um but yeah it's i don't have any the limitations on what i'm doing are all defined by myself so it's like okay uh there's such a a broader array of things to pull from so Mm -hmm. i have it takes me that much longer or there's that much more pressure i can put on myself to get it right is is like i i I don't have any limitations. They're defined by what I want. And this story uh, gives me a lot of room to play with stuff. So yeah, I love the freedom. It's also a little bit scary and makes things (laughs) 10 times harder, but Mm. I'm I'm, I'm happy with how it's coming out. Yeah,
0: for sure. Is this going to be another one of those? That's like the freeze where it's like, we're going to do five issues with room for more, or are we going to get kind of a complete,
1: thing here. <laughs> I'm tell you what, if if we sell Youngblood numbers, I will <laughs> I will come back and do more of this story. Um but it's a five issue miniseries and it's written to to be very the end of the story type okay. stuff. Oh. It's not that we could never do more, um, mm-hmm. but like I was very focused on like, let me give people five issues of a great story. So if just in case you're going Exactly. Yeah. That's if, what this I, is all I, always I get prefer that. yeah. I mean like I said if it sells really well, I'm sure there will be there's there's ways that we can go on. Oh yeah but, I want it to be like a story that you feel satisfied mm-hmm. when you reach the conclusion that you got the story that you were set up to get.
0: Mm. Even just reading like the first two, I mean, I've only actually read like the first issue and a half. I'm still finishing the second <laughs> one, but even just from the first two issues, I already feel like I mean, you could definitely do more because I feel like the, you're building a big world here mm-hmm. already. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I, I would always prefer the like, give me a, give me a full story. Give me, you know, mm-hmm. I, I don't like when it feels like there was supposed to be more and then if it never, you know what I mean? It's like yeah. give it that way. At the end of the day, we got this, we got this great trade paperback that we can, you know, exactly. And then if, if there's more story to tell, then there can always be more if, if mm-hmm. we want to do more, but I would always prefer the, you know,
1: yeah. Yeah. And this, because the way I, I mean, I ended up rewriting a bunch of my outline <clears throat> just to make sure it felt more closed by the time we get to the end of the fifth issue. Cause I was, I had stuff I wanted to do and I was like, you know what? I, I, this is a little too open-ended at times. I wanted to give a little bit more satisfaction. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I, you know, I want this to prove, hopefully, we'll see how it goes and how it's received. Like, oh, you can tell a story with five issues. Mm-hmm. You look at, like, some of the best writers who came from Britain, like your Alan Moores and your Warren Ellis's and, and Grant Morrison's. And mm-hmm. a lot of those writers. Neil Gaiman. Neil Gaiman. All, they started out <laughs> writing, like, Future Shocks and short stories for 2001 AD. And yeah. they've all said, like, learning how to write a great six-page story. Help me write a really good 22 page story and help me write a good five issue or 12 issue mini. And I think, you know, paradox is a one shot. The house is obviously that's actually works out to be like nine issues long when you break it up. Um, But, you know, this is, this is a five issue. And in the end, I'm like, I want to tell a really great five issue. um, And that hopefully it's well received. And if, if I, you know, people feel like it's proved, I I've got longer and bigger stories that I want to do. Um, But, you know, we might as well try and tell a tight five, Um, As opposed to like a to be continued question mark that might never get answered. You just never know. Mm -hmm. At this, you know, when you're planning stuff a year before you have orders for the first issue. So, yeah.
0: It actually makes me really happy to see Dark Horse um, doing things like this because Mm -hmm. I think a lot of people in the comics community were kind of nervous for Dark Horse over Mm -hmm. the last year or so because they had lost a lot of the licenses they had had for obviously like you know they, they had like aliens they had conan they had or i think they still have aliens, still they have aliens. But, but they, they lost, lost conan. conan star wars star wars was the big one couple buffy, years ago buffy Beden that's stars. right yeah. um yeah yeah because they had like firefly too and that's at boom now too i think right it is yeah mm-hmm. yeah so um i think a lot of people were nervous about like oh like what are they just gonna have Hellboy and that's you know basically it but for sure yeah it's good to see them you know wanting to do more things because like you mentioned earlier they do a lot of art books and things and they do some of the nicest like hard covers I think oh, out there so awesome um, especially when they do like the Zelda books or whatever mm-hmm. like the art of said game yeah um, shout but, out to
1: my friend Patrick Thorpe who worked on those for years uh, and sacrificed his health and life to get those books out the door
0: they're <laughs> gorgeous books like Zelda fan or not like they're just very well put together books but yeah um, it's good to see Dark Horse like wanting to do some creator own stuff and you know push things like this out that You know, it gives me a little more faith like, good, I don't want to see Dark Horse go away because, (laughs) you know, they've been around, you know, they're probably one of the longest ones to be around other than obviously the big two. So,
1: yeah, they've actually greenlit a lot of stuff. And I I mean, obviously, I I don't know the behind the scenes, Mm -hmm. but it feels like a lot of stuff got greenlit all around the same time. I'm who's it? uh, I'm trying to think I'm blanking on his name.
0: That's good that they want content, though, that they're.
1: Yeah. Um, you look at, there's, there's a new series coming out a month before mine called Strayed. Um, Mm -hmm. it's got Carlos Gifoni and Juan Doe are doing it. It's like this really cool interstellar cat story. There's my book. I know of three or four other creators that are working on creator own books right now that are coming from dark horse that haven't been announced. Um, yeah, you've got got really cool stuff across the board. Aubrey citizen's got a really awesome book coming out shortly that I've been seeing previews for. And yeah, they they've really started to push and get a lot of creator own stuff out the door and and try and build like you, I mean, look at, a couple of years ago, we didn't have Black Hammer. Mm-hmm. And now we have Black Hammer. And Black Hammer is like the greatest thing ever. And <laughs> it's spawning this giant universe. So I, I think with the success of that and things like Umbrella Academy, which is amazing. And obviously- oh, that's the other one, yeah. The Umbrella Netflix Academy. show is incredible. They're, Mary they're in a, really enjoyed that. Yeah, it's really yeah, They're in a position where they're, again, wanting to push- that original content too mm-hmm. i mean because that's where you find your your greatest stuff is the next best original thing so mm-hmm. yeah i'm excited to be part of that wave and and hope it continues and does well for just them as a company because yeah, a I'm company agree. that is that is banking on and and not banking but investing in new talent is something that's going to give us the next generation of really for great sure. comics
0: because it means that they're willing to take risks too a little bit you know mm-hmm. like they're take like you mentioned earlier you're giving the faith in you to have not really written anything for a major publisher there. They're taking chances, which I think always just sparks creativity. It means we're going to be getting some great stuff.
1: Yeah, I've got another friend, which I'm not going to say or announce his book, but it's another one where he's writing and drawing and penciling, inking, coloring, lettering, doing the whole thing himself. And this will be the first project. Uh, on a big scale that he's done all of those things including mm-hmm. the writing and yeah, he was like yeah I sent him a pitch and like two days later they were like it's approved oh, cool. um, so both of us were yeah, just like you know giving chances on new voices who in roles that we haven't done before it's really cool and hopefully we, we do them well thank you Darkverse
0: <laughs> <laughs> Umbrella Academy that's the one I forgot too because I mean you couldn't even find those trades like a month ago yeah. like right after that show hit I mean oh, they were just so gone everywhere. and I mean the, those trades went skyrocketed back to like the number one selling trade for a month and Amazon and everything. I I wonder if Dark Horse kind of mismanaged that a little bit because I know talking to a couple of shops, like they didn't have them at the... I don't think they realized how big that show was going to be because a lot of shops didn't have the trade. And maybe they didn't order them as well as they probably could have either.
1: I think it was shops weren't ordering them as Mm -hmm. well because they put out new editions of them. But yeah, I don't think shops anticipated. Yeah, yeah. I think there were local shops that, like, every week for like six weeks, that, like we got in fifteen new copies mm-hmm. and they'd be sold out before the right next away, week, yeah. which is incredible.
0: Well, I'd heard that they were on like backorder and stuff they? even okay, too. Yeah, yeah, that's what that's what I had heard. So, oh no, you, yeah, you're and it makes right me wonder well. if maybe just everybody as a whole didn't realize that that thing yeah. was gonna blow up and yeah, you know. And honestly, they didn't even really—I uh, don't want to say they didn't promote it well, but like they didn't really push it that hard. Like when the show yeah. was coming out, I was like, oh yeah, that's coming out, but I didn't yeah. feel like it was like a Constantly in my face, like Umbrella Academy's coming out for sure. But when it hit, it just hit hard. Yeah, everyone was talking about you know, it. Some of that might just be some Gerard Way fandoms too. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, he's got, obviously got his his following from. He does, yeah. I think
1: part of it was just the quality of the show and word it's of was mouth. Just done oh yeah, so oh, well, it's yeah. like one of it's one of my favorite comic book shows of all time. Yeah, yeah. and I love Umbrella Academy. When they're like, we're making it into a TV show, I was like, how in the world are you going to make like Space Boy into yeah. a TV show? This is not going <laughs> to work. And they nailed it <laughs> so well.
0: That and, the, and Ellen Page is like a pretty bankable. You know, oh, she's great, star. So I mean, to get someone like her in the show too, I think Mm -hmm. obviously helps. So yeah, yeah, they're they're coming back too, right? They're gonna do another one. Yeah,
1: they're doing. They start. They started shooting season two like Mm -hmm. just the other week. That's great.
0: I love this world that we live in now it's, it's cool. just we're getting show you know umbrella academy is one of those things like you mentioned you would have never thought you would get to see never it's you so
1: know. you know I, I describe it as like uh, grant morrison meets mike mignola it's mm-hmm. so hellboy grant morrison weird that you were like there's no way in the world they can make this a
0: show and speaking of grant morrison we got that doom Pete. patrol show and dude doom oh patrol, my god yeah, i need to
1: watch this i haven't had a chance <sighs> dude, yet. i have
0: praised that show to death yeah i know it's so good i think yeah. i was just
1: pulling it up the other day i was like okay i gotta start this soon
0: it's it's worth it, man. It's so out there, but mm-hmm. at the same time, it's like, the people that make this show, they get it. You can yeah. tell they get it. Mm-hmm. And I think Umbrella Academy is a similar, similar thing. But, yeah. Uh, I know Mary watched Umbrella Academy. I watched parts of it with her. I didn't sit through the whole thing with her, but I'm, yeah. I have a hard time watching TV now. Even, <laughs> I don't know what it is. Like, even Doom Patrol. Like, at least because Doom Patrol was like one episode a week. So I'm like, okay, I don't I do not feel, like, feel the pressure to be yeah, 10 exactly. episodes in a row. <laughs> I'm like the one guy that still prefers the, the one a week schedule. <laughs> yeah. But I remember I was watching one of the scenes from Umbrella Academy with Mary where they had like the monkey. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just remember being like blown away, I'm like, dude, they must have spent some money yeah, on that. Oh, he yeah. looks great. Because, yeah, show. he looked amazing. Yeah. Like, man, Netflix, they spent some money on this damn show. So <laughs> they good did. for Gerard Way. I'm sure he got paid probably. I
1: hope so. He and Gabriel Ba, I hope they, they got good money because they put out good work. On, yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Good for him. Yep. So you mentioned some variant covers and stuff earlier. Mm-hmm. Who else did he got doing some some covers for the book? Are you going to do any variants too, or are you just doing the A covers?
1: I, I'm doing the A covers. Uh, I'm talking to Dark Horse about doing some some variant covers myself that are just exclusive to me. You can only find them at Mm -hmm. shows and stuff. That's what I
0: was going to say. That's what a lot of people are doing now. I think that's a smart move.
1: Yeah, It's really cool. I've got to go follow up with them and see, um, figure out the planning of that. Um, The issue one variant cover is going to be by Hannah Templer. And Hannah did all the covers for uh, my Tomb Raider Inferno run. um, And she's currently doing the interiors for Glow over at IDW. Hannah's amazing. She's got a book called Cosmonites coming out uh, through Top Shelf. It's a big like 200 page OGN. I've read the first half of it and it's so 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 good um so that's yeah issue two variant is going to be jorge corona uh, who's doing middle west right now um jorge did an awesome variant um, for issue two i've got a couple other variant artists i'm working with like uh tyler patrick boss who drew um five kids walk into a bank with matt rosenberg oh, okay. uh and who's a good who's a who's a good friend and just an amazing designer has done some t- teenage mutant ninja turtle stuff um, and it's got some really cool image books coming out um, Nick Robles. Nick did um, Euthanauts with Tini Howard at IDW. He's okay. doing the new Dr. Mirage series with Maggi Visaggio. He just did a Young Avengers uh, short at Marvel. And he's been doing all the covers for volume two of Infinite Dark, Ryan Cady's book. Oh, uh, cool. And Nick is just a brilliant, brilliant illustrator and the sweetest guy in the world. So I've got some cool stuff there and a couple of other artists I'm working with. So.
0: How does that feel to have other people drawing your character? Because, I mean, this is, you know, this is the first thing that's, like, 100%. Because, I mean, sure. even, like, The Freeze, you had, you know, done character designs, but with Dan and everything and yeah, mm-hmm. designed that world. This one is, you know, more your child, in a sense. So, how does that yeah. feel to kind of have people drawing your characters um
1: it's really cool i mean jorge's is the first one that i have seen finished hannah's will be done here in just a couple days so yeah it's like it's really cool to see that i mean i've been i've known jorge forever in a day we went to art school but i'm still like the biggest jorge fan in the world Mm -hmm. um so to get like layouts and pencils and inks and colors i was just like this is so cool so yeah it's pretty awesome
0: oh Is it hard to sit on something that long versus, like you said, you were working on it in January, but you wrote it back in October. Mm -hmm. You know, we just announced the book two weeks ago Mm -hmm. that we saw Dark Horse and you promoting it on socials and stuff. Is it hard to sit on that, keep it tight? um for a long time because yeah because it's it becomes your life right you're working on this book every day you're drawing it and coloring it and everything else it's like don't you want to like talk about it yeah
1: it's it's a mixture one if i if no one knows about it then there's no there's less pressure on me Mm -hmm. and it was kind of fun to just have like my own little secret that no one cared about except me um and and probably still the same to this day but uh, but it was super nice to have it out to be like, oh, it's out. We can talk about it. I mean, obviously, I had lots of friends in the industry, you know, um, artists, writers, editors, podcasters, reviewers, people that I'd talked to about it. So they knew about it. But it was cool to finally just kind of put it out there and start to beat the drum. This week, I get to start really now that the solicits are out and it's orderable at shops and it's in Diamond. I'm like, OK, now we get to really, <laughs> really start the ramp up of, of trying to get the word out there
0: right on. And so if it comes out in September, I mean the FOC is probably what August or late July. It would
1: be mid-August, I think, Okay. cuz it's in the July previews, technically. Okay. So
0: see? right on. So make sure you guys are telling your shops about that or it's Comicsology or whatever it is you prefer to do. Yes, very um, much so. I really wanted to make sure that we that we pumped your writing and stuff first cuz I I felt like that <laughs> needed to be said. Thank you. But that being said, <laughs> dude, the pages of this book are so good and oh, I think thank you. I think everything I've seen of yours is, you know, Better than the previous thing, which is uh-huh. always great, right? Yes, you know, no. That, that I, I, gr- I want to be moving in that direction. But um, the this one, I feel like, is the like the biggest gap. Okay. You know, compared like the freeze was really good, but I mean, this one feels like you had kind of broken through a barrier that is just like <laughs> a, just a big step. Like <laughs> oh, holy, co- I was not ready for that first issue when you sent it over to oh, us. Oh, thank you. And the colors are so good and everything. Mm. It's it's a gorgeous book to look at. Thank you. And we we talked about the designs earlier and mm-hmm. stuff. They're they're really interesting. They're really like intriguing to look at and just, yeah, the whole book, it looks really, really good. And the, the page layouts are really great. So I want to make sure that we gave you the credit for writing it. Cause I don't feel like a lot of people are going to, you know, I was like, Oh, Philip Stevie, he draws. right? like, yeah, but he, you know, he, he, he writes too. But you know, we, we have to make sure that we, you know, put down that the art is so good, it's oh, really good yeah. yeah so good thank
1: you it was you know it, it's fun to, to get to do something that's 100 me because i don't try to necessarily draw to my strengths when mm-hmm. i draw I, I actually try to draw to my weaknesses i try to do stuff that i'm not good at so i it's push like a work myself out, out right? yeah <laughs> so i can get better um but but being able to control not to control but being able to write the story and then draw it all i felt like i could do i could draw the thing that i've always wanted to draw mm-hmm. um so yeah i mean i i I mentioned before we started doing i'm a a recording i'm inking the whole book traditionally this is the first time in a long time i think i'm trying to remember when i switched over to all digital it was it was halfway through my first tomb raider run so like which is great for those of us that want
0: pages yes
1: (laughs) so yeah first i was like all right i'm gonna i'm gonna do this first issue i I went back and forth a lot because i'm still penciling it digitally i can still work digitally faster Uh, when i was talking to another uh creator um Eric Zawadzki, who uh, draws, who drew the dregs um, and uh, Eternal and is, is doing, he was just announced on a new DC uh, OGN. Okay. Yesterday they announced him. Super cool guy. And we were talking about like, how do you approach create your own books um, as far as original arts? Because both of us were like, we can do digital faster. We, it's cleaner. It's, it's you know, sometimes there's there's a lot of advantages to it.
0: You got the undo button, which because is The good. undo button, <laughs> which I
1: use crazy. And, you know, you know, he said he was working on a book and before the book was even announced, some guy was like, I want to buy that whole first issue from you. And he was like, oh, it's all it's all digital. Uh, um, but then if you spend here's a, here's a yeah,
0: flash drive, exactly. if you spend like <laughs> a year, or a year
1: and a half on a book, all traditional and the book doesn't click with anyone, then you have four or five, you know, however many hundred, not four or five, but like 100 or 200 pages that are just going to sit in a drawer. So it's like, how do you balance that? And kind of, you know, at the end of our conversation was like, well, let's maybe just do like first issues traditional. Because first issue are usually the biggest, or and if they're popular, they sell the most, and that's what people want the most. So I did okay. that first issue, and then I was like, no, I'm going to keep doing this all, because um, it's been really fun, and it's slower. Those first couple pages took me a long time to ink because I was, I was changing inking ways that I used to ink because my art's evolved over a two years that I've been doing stuff digitally and. Um, but it's fun. Yeah. I mean, that's all been done. The coloring was another one. I coloring, I'm i coloring it 100% different than how I colored the freeze. So I had to figure out the first page. It of, looks different too than the yeah, freeze does. Very much so. The first page of, of triage, I colored separately like four or five different times completely. Oh, right. And it'd be, I'd be to done. To kind of see
0: which one you preferred. Exactly. I'd okay. be like, all
1: right, I do this. I'm like, eh, I don't like that. What if I change this brush? What if I change this setting or what if we do this different with strokes? And, and yeah, it took me quite a while to finally settle on like ah okay, this is what I want to do. Uh, so now that I'm, I'm two issues in colored, I, I'm finally feeling a lot more comfortable and like okay, this is the how the book looks, and now I know how to to make it work one way or the other.
0: Mm-hmm plus it gives you like a product to sell later on doing it traditionally obviously yeah. if you choose to sell the pages plus it's also your first you know fully creator on thing. so maybe yeah. you just want to keep a couple pages as sentimental value for yourself instead yeah of just like let me load up that file of <laughs> those, you know what I mean that's exactly something yeah. you can keep or can hand down to your kids or whatever mm-hmm. you choose to do with them so that's that's always good yeah I haven't even
1: decided if I'm going to sell the pages or not I mean I probably will guys cause...
0: just keep it close here we'll be waiting <laughs>
1: <laughs> but, <laughs> but at the same time I'm like I might just keep them all who knows it depends on no how one could
0: blame you because you know it is it's your first you know your first swing at doing it all yourself so yeah
1: and there's like a lot of personal connection to stuff that are in the story stuff that i've done or stuff that i'm looking forward to drawing and so
0: mm-hmm. we'll see you brought up that first page we're not going to spoil what happens on the first page <laughs> because I, I i think you guys need the shock value yourself but i, I i'll say this if that first page doesn't make you want to read the book right there <laughs> we talked about saga and other things but did you have that in mind like not necessarily saga, but do you think like, oh, I want to put something kind of crazy on the first page, or where did that kind of come yeah, from? Yeah, it
1: came together really early on, um, and my wife is actually a labor and delivery nurse. So oh, the, really? The first issue, there's, a, oh, there's, I what I, What I happens on the first page is something that happened to her in real life, and it's a story oh. that she's told oh. for years. I imagine it probably uh, happened.
0: It's probably happened a couple times, wouldn't it? Early? Yeah. it probably happens more often than people would probably like to. Yeah, imagine. yeah,
1: no, like the story she has is gross. I'm like a dog gag, but. <sighs> um, <laughs> Yeah, so she, like talk that story, about a rewarding
0: job, though. Th-
1: yeah, she loves it. She's been doing it for like fifteen years. That's um, crazy. Uh, but yeah, like that story, it's one we've we've taught. She's told forever, and I just like ah, I'm gonna put that in a comic, and it just kind of <laughs> worked out with this character. And to what drop, did she
0: say when you told her that you were gonna put it in the book? It, she laughed. She oh, okay. laughed. <laughs> yeah, she's
1: she's good with it, and I think the general response has been people who really kind of shocked but in a good way and i was like i want this first page to be like if you if you're in you're in from that moment on yeah and if you if it's if you're not in it's not for you type book so yeah. that's how i
0: feel about saga that's why it kind of made me think of that because yeah i've i've seen saga described that way a lot of times too it's like yeah the, the first page right there if it, the way that book begins with the birth and everything like if you can get past that you're down for the book for if, sure. that, if yeah. that pushes you away then the book's probably not for you exactly yeah so um, I'm really excited to see this, man. I I think five issues is a good amount because it's you know it's a perfect for a trade or whatever. Mm-hmm. Was that your decision from the get go of I want to do five issues or did that come from them?
1: Yeah, when I was talking to Megan, she was you know we're we're typically looking for about four issue miniseries um, okay. stories to tell. That's kind of the model that. Um, all indie publishers are doing these days Mm -hmm. i would say with the exception of image image books are usually ongoing but if the first tray or the first arc doesn't sell well enough they usually end there but like idw dark horse boom vault aftershock people like that are usually looking for four to five Um, so yeah she's like you know i was like yeah this story i think works best for that format i can do it in four i'd prefer five uh, so when she came back and she's like, yeah, we're good and approved for five issues. I was okay, like, sweet, cool. perfect. Four issues is really hard to write a story in. Yeah. Um, and anyone who can do a great four issues has like, got some, some major skill going on. So mm-hmm. to have that fifth issue. Like the was, freeze? Yes, like the freeze. Dan did a great <laughs> job um, fitting it in in four. So yeah, uh, I'm excited to have
0: five. Mm-hmm. That's very similar to like what Doug was telling us a couple of weeks ago when we talked with him about the ride and everything okay. that he he made that same point that he, you know, he says he would like to do more kind of long form storytelling and yeah. stuff. But he says a lot of them have said, well, you know, just when we look at the numbers, five is kind of the the sweet spot. When you start looking at the sales on six, seven and eight, they really start to dip yeah. heavily, which is a bummer. Yep. But I mean, I understand they got to run a business and, you know.
1: Yeah, very much so. When I was talking to Dark Horse, I had him send me kind of a breakdown of of costs and projections and all sorts of stuff because I'm a numbers nerd. There's my finance background coming in. Um, But like, yeah, they could say, like, if you sell X amount of issue one, this is how many you'll sell of issue five. This is how many you'll sell of the trade in the Mm -hmm. first year. Like they, you know, every the companies are very intelligent and understanding about how market attrition typically works Mm -hmm. and like. You got to hit a pretty high number in order to to have a really successful fifth issue
0: yeah <laughs> that's great to talk about because i don't think a lot of people think about stuff like that and we had a whole conversation with doug about that okay with, so yeah if you with, have, with like, numbers I and, jump right into and it, everything yeah. and and cause, i mean he said that they had talked about even doing like a plastic two or whatever you would call it or whatever mm-hmm. and he said it when they came down to it they said basically he said he Had heard it from Image, and then he had even talked to different shop owners that he's friends with and kind of confirmed that most shop owners will order a number one of plastic two the same they ordered of like five. Yeah, exactly. Whatever. And so there's just not enough there. It's basically considered plastic number six. Yep. Right. Mm -hmm. And so. That's that's kind of depressing, but it's like it well, that that's stuff that I don't think the average fan thinks about. like, "Are you gonna do more? Are we gonna do this?" It's yeah. like, well, I mean, this is kind of the reality of how it works.
1: Yeah, and I'm sure you. Get, I know Doug. Doug is a really insightful, in, you know, information and understanding of that. But yeah, like, mm-hmm. if you like a book, you really need to spread the word. You need to buy three copies of issue two. You need to <laughs> get, sell it out really fast. So because you you know, I can look at the example of something like Middle West of um, Scotty Young and Jorge's book. Mm -hmm. That, you know, the first issue sold X amount and the second issue, I mean, obviously attritions are usually about 50%, hard attrition, 60%. Sometimes you can land softly on 40, but then they sold out that first printing and they went back to a second printing. And, Mm -hmm. And when you hear people are like, you know, first printing sold out, we're doing a second printing or a third printing. Those print numbers are actually really small. Like if you get 3,000 copies on a second printing, that's a big second printing. Usually they're like two or 1,000, but those sell out. And then I think Middle West has had like four or five printings. That's crazy. And where you start to see that is by the time issue one is on the stands, they're ordering copies for each, they're ordering their number threes and fours. So if they sell it instantly and reorder and get second printings and third, four, and, you know, the second issue sold three or four printings as well. Jorge said that you start to see numbers on three and especially four tick back up, which is not common unless the book is successful and people are coming in wanting more. So that's why you start to see that drop and then pick back up as multiple printings happen and stores are realizing like, oh, more people want this book than I thought. So I need to order more to number ones and need to order more number two. So I'm going to adjust my threes and fours up because these people are coming and asking for it. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, if you can get a book to sell out and go to to multiple printings, that doesn't necessarily mean the creators are making more money. Sometimes multiple printings are a loss for the Mm -hmm. creators, but that usually means later issues down on are adjusting to meet the uh, unexpected demand of the early issues. Okay. So so
0: it's worth it in the end then.
1: It is. Yeah. It's definitely worth it for creators. It usually Mm -hmm. makes the numbers tick up. So like, yeah, it's a little bit tough because you're like, oh man, if they would, have just ordered more of number one i would have made more money and you wouldn't have people who have to come back later to get the second printing or something like that Mm -hmm. which is a potential loss of customers but at the same time it usually means that you know the the market is adjusting for the unexpected demand so i think people want more of it than
0: than they thought which is a good thing Mm -hmm. you heard it from phil i don't think there's anything there's that we preach more on this podcast that i repeat constantly (laughs) is just vote with your dollar guys for sure especially in comics because it is such a niche you know Mm -hmm. it You have to. And I I hate this completionist mindset that a lot of comics... I've been trying to break people away from that as much as I can. Yeah. I don't buy comics I don't like. I don't care if I'm trying to complete a series or complete a run or whatever. Yeah. I, I just... I don't understand that. And I think there's just... There's too many good comic books out there... To be buying ones you don't care for, yeah. Because if I if I like if I can afford to buy you know twenty comics a month or whatever, but I'm buying four of them that I really don't care for. There's yeah. easily another four or five that I probably would enjoy. So like, support the books you like, guys. Don't for sure. give people money for books that you don't care <laughs> for because all it does is show the publishers to keep doing more of those things. Like, yeah, very much so. You know, and that's why I don't understand the people that beat up like say you hate Tom King's Batman or whatever. The, it, he's almost eighty issues in. Why are you still buying that book if you've been talking about how bad it is for eighty issues? You know. Yeah. Um, I don't is, well I have every issue of Batman we'll stop buying every issue of Batman because I, I just I don't understand that I never have I yeah. don't if I don't like a book, I drop it. I don't care if I've read it for 10 years, I'll drop it and I'll come back later. Uh, dead. You know, I just, I don't get it. So yeah,
1: for sure. I mean, yeah, you said support the things you love and be positive about the things you love. Like, mm-hmm. um, when we launched the freeze, uh, the same day launched Kieran Gillen's die. And then Matt <gasps> rooms, um, Talk about the success
0: that book's got die. Yeah, I mean...
1: it, die is amazing. And self Made's amazing. I love self-made and I don't think enough people have read it yet. I mean, it, it sold similar numbers to free. So it's not like, you know, it was, a, it was a failure, but it was one of those I'm like more people need to be reading this mm-hmm. book. So I I take every opportunity i can to tweet about it or talk about it i'm like Definitely. guys read this book buy this trade and obviously Dice brilliant i love die
0: so much but yeah die got a lot of success mm, i think i, I saw every critic i know was like everyone you need to read this book i love that book so, so much i'm um, excited for it to come back that's so. one i gotta get to at some point i haven't yeah. i haven't read it but i've i've heard literally nothing but good things about yeah, Dye, the so. trades out this month next month
1: Anyway, pick it up. Check it out. Yeah,
0: I think it's out. That's what, isn't okay. it? I think I saw it.
1: It might be. It yeah. might be. Um, I've got all the issues. I have all the stupid variant covers. I'll probably <laughs> buy the damn trade. I'm one of those terrible people that, not terrible, but like, if there's something great, I love, yeah, I if you, buy If you enjoy
0: it, support I, it.
1: I triple and quadruple dip Brian K. Vaughn. I've got every issue of Saga, sometimes two and three copies. I've mm-hmm. got every trade. I've got every hardcover. I've got all those toys, like. My house is a saga shrine, but I'm doing the same thing with Paper Girls. I love mm-hmm. Paper Girls to death. I love Run His ice Runaways. Ice Cream Man for me. Oh, there's yeah. your Ice Cream Man. Yeah. Yep, there's yep. the Ice Cream Man page on the wall yep. right there. We behind. got the trades
0: yeah. and we got the variants and everything else. You know, yep. All Star yep. Superman's my favorite comic of all time. Yep. I will buy every version of that book that comes out. I will buy yeah. when they re-release the hardcover. I'm gonna buy. Mm-hmm. I have the absolute. Idea. I will buy every version of that book that's ever printed yep. because I love it. Because <laughs> um, you, you know you got to have like a travel copy. Like <laughs> for like sure. if like if, if you're you gonna go somewhere, cop. You got to have a loan yeah. to friends. Exactly. Like if I'm gonna go somewhere, I'm not taking my absolute edition out of the house right i'll take my little paperback whatever (laughs) but if i'm gonna sit and read it at home i have the big oversized one you gotta you know if (laughs) you love something just support the crap out of it yeah and again, don't give money to things you don't like i yeah i i I will preach that till the day i die because i just think there's just too there's too much of that going on yeah where it's like well you know i've just i've been collecting this book for years not really i know some people that don't even read them anymore like oh yeah i stopped liking this book a while ago so it just goes straight in this long box yeah i I just Uh, i can't understand i mean there's people that too many comic fans, I think, are just too much numbers people. Like, well, I got to have the whole run, yeah. like, but
1: why? Yeah, or they support a character, which <laughs> is fine. Like, but if you if, yeah, if you don't love the book with that character's in, don't worry, that'll still be around. Yeah, yeah, all you're
0: doing is telling that company keep doing this. Yeah, because if like, you don't like you know, what they're doing,
1: don't don't tell it, them. You know? not to, don't yeah. tell them to keep doing it. <laughs> look at
0: you know again. Look at Tom King's Batman and stuff, yeah. where that book was expected to sell around a hundred thousand copies per issue, and it's now down to the eighty something thing, and that's why. Yeah. He's, I'm not saying kicked off, but they're obviously doing something different with that book. And they're, they're changing putting, directions. They're putting him on a miniseries, like, go ahead, finish your story. But the main Batman book yeah. is expected to carry the publishing line. So,
1: You know, I had someone, this is total side note here, but I had someone do an analysis online that Tom King's Batman, which is in the 80s, but it comes out twice a month, right? So technically yeah. it's like 40 issues in, is selling yeah. the same amount as Scott Snyder's Batman when it was in the 40s with Greg Capullo. Yeah. i Am actually selling like a little bit better, so technically the numbers aren't really that bad. They're yeah. as good or better than when Scott Snyder was doing it. But mm-hmm. he's you know whatever is happening there, they're they're transitioning all onto a miniseries.
0: Somebody will come out eventually. I, eventually, we're gonna get the story of what happened. It's like the it's like I, one of the reasons I can't wait for Doomsday Clock to be over because as soon as Doomsday Clock ends, we're gonna get something. I'm sure somebody will say something. Gary Frank or Jeff Johns will leak something, but they they don't want to put any more bad press on that book. But like eventually, we're gonna learn what the hell happened with that book because there's a story there. Yeah,
1: I I don't know. You'll have to get it at a Comic-Con bar late at night. (laughs) Yeah. Put a whole bunch of drinks into Gary Frank, (laughs) which I would do for fun because Gary Frank is my favorite artist. Gary Frank is...
0: (laughs) That's the only reason that makes that book worth waiting for. Yep,
1: not, it's not gorgeous. the only reason, but yeah.
0: yeah, I mean, yeah, maybe not the only reason, but that's <laughs> it. it's hard to be mad at it when it comes out. Oh, and you yeah. look at it and you're like, just, oh my God. just gorgeous. I
1: Just read issue ten the other night. It's so dude, pretty. that's that's one Such of my cool issue. that's
0: one of my favorite like single issues I've read in a while mm-hmm. because I love meta textual, yeah, you know, and very Grant Morrison y type yep. things and yeah for jeff johnson like this is how timelines and comics his, work. his
1: version of Watchmen number four which is yeah. like my favorite issue of that series i was like well done this is a good book oh, i think my favorite
0: issue. Watchmen is nine the mars issue or oh, the mars issue with yeah. uh, silk specter yeah or is you know the whole thing like you know i'm a puppet that can see the strings all of those great yep. quotes that come from yeah, yeah. watchman number nine is one of my favorite single issues ever so good but i mean Watchmen is Watchmen, right it's not a bad issue in the bunch yep so anyways back to your book yeah
1: yeah <laughs> i mean You know, I'm trying to challenge Watchmen. You heard it here. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) it's an uphill
0: battle, but we think we got a good chance. Uh, Is there anything else you want to leave people with? I mean, obviously, we can't you know talk too much, but.
1: Um, yeah like I'll, I'll post some stuff like when we when we announced the book um, we did a four page uh, like preview comic that's not in the first issue won't be reprinted until the trade we did some specifically for the announcement which I think is a fun little like teaser trailer in mm-hmm. the form of like a four page little story so I'm gonna start I posting that. that around it was on the paste uh, magazine website when we announced it but I don't I don't think we spread it enough mm-hmm. so I'll... but no yeah the book will be out in September 4th it's you can order it now from your shops I think right now they can only order the regular cover but Hannah Hannah's cover um, we'll be revealing it, I think, next week or this coming week. And mm. then we should be able to order that soon. Um, all of our variants are just A, Bs. Um, there's no like retailer incentives where you have to mm-hmm. buy 700 copies to get one or whatever it is. You we should just, do
0: some for you, though. You should do some.
1: I might, I'm, I'm working. I might have a, a special variant you At least for the, for, me. Yeah, yeah. for the first issue. Yeah. I've, I've kicked around the ideas. I've just got to follow up with my editor. Uh, yeah. That's another one. I'm like, when you're doing everything yourself, it, even though I'm working with brilliant and amazing people at Dark Horse and their PR and marketing and social media people... Mm-hmm. I still feel like I'm, I'm running my own show or I'm like, I spend half the day answering emails <laughs> and setting things up and then
0: it all yeah, goes through you.
1: It is. It's a lot of work, but it, it's fun. So yeah, the book will be out in September. Um, if you know, order it, uh, I don't know. Like, I don't know what more to say. <laughs> <laughs> those, those creator
0: exclusive variants, I think are such a smart idea. I was talking to Doug about that Wednesday cause he has his cover for the ride that Because oh, nice. Hughes did a cover for it. Mm-hmm. And then Hughes did another, like, it's like a, not like a black vir- and white. The Virgin variant. Yeah. It's yeah. It's the... not black and white, but it's more, it's like colored differently. Sure. Um, that's, you know, you can only get from him. And he has those that he can sell for 20 bucks a pop. And they'll say, it's like, that's such a smart idea, dude. When you go out to shows that, that you can only get this from me, I'm like, dude, everybody should be doing that.
1: Yeah. I talked to Doug about it. And the one thing I would, I don't know. Again, I'm, I'm, I've got to work out the numbers on this, but I, I want to do like a five cover connecting chase variant. Oh, God. Where it's oh. just <laughs> like this, like, Big wide spread of all the characters like fighting, and I want to do that for for my secret variant. That would cool. be pretty sweet. I, yeah, I That need feels to, daunting, though. I know, right? I <laughs> that's need to, like, a little bit. If much. I do it front, it would probably only be front covers. But I'm like, if I do it front and back, that's like ten boards taped together. Wow. Um, no, I would probably just do regular front covers, but it's still lots a five page spread, and I'd have to figure it all mm-hmm. out and do it quickly.
0: <laughs> Triage is coming out on September 4th. Make sure Correct. you guys go tell all of your shops that you want it. Yeah, and if you um, know
1: if you if you tell you, I'm going to post this on social media. Media, but if you if you order it from your shop, let me know. I'll, I'll I'll contact your shop. I made a bunch of promotional like '90s style trading cards. Yes, they're uh, really cool. We uh, yeah, we're looking here. at
0: them right now. They're they're pretty badass.
1: Yeah, they're they're in the vein of like X Men and Marvel trading cards. They've got power meters and everything. Yes. And there's a little more information on the back of the cards that you won't find in the series about the characters and where they come from, which I wanted to. And again, original
0: artwork as well. And right? Original art. Yeah,
1: yeah, they're not panels pulled from the comic. So I, I've got a whole bunch, and I'm going to send them to shops. I think I'm going to start sending them to shops just by having people let me know, like, hey, I ordered it from this shop in maryland or this shop in anchorage or whatever and i will contact the shop and send them a bunch of cards to give out i think black cat comics and salt lake is the only one who has them right now but i will get them out to more utah uh, stores starting shortly
0: this would be a cool thing to have at shows too, because I feel like, especially if you're like giving them away for free or whatever, that'll make yep. people buy the book. Like, oh, here, have some free cards, and they'll like, go, oh, "What are these?" Well, this is my book. You can <laughs> read and find out all that. Yep, I'll bring them with <laughs> me to San
1: Diego Comic Con. That's the next convention I'm at. I'm doing a bunch of stuff with Dark Horse there. And... That was the next
0: thing I was going to ask you is where are some appearances you got coming up that people can come check out and ask you any questions we didn't ask you here. Yeah, San Diego, like you might will be, be there. Um,
1: I'm do- Dark Horse is doing a panel with me and a couple other creators about books, and we talk about our new books. And I'm doing some signings there. I'll do some signings at Top Cow. I'm doing some cool stuff with Dark Horse and the video game company that hasn't been announced yet, so I can't quite talk about it at the show. Um, And then after that, New York Comic Con and uh, Rose City Comic Con, I guess Rose City comes first. Um, When the book's out, I'm going to hop in my car and head all over the West Coast um, to do uh, signings at shops. So if you're anywhere in like uh, Utah, Nevada, Arizona, California, Oregon, or Idaho, and you want uh, me to come to your shop. Have the shop get a hold of me or put me in contact with them, and we'll mm. set that up. I'm going to drive around for a week and a half when the book's out, and just sign and give away cards and maybe do sketches for people.
0: and there you go. Fun stuff. And keep tabs on where he's going to be. Make sure you guys are following Philip everywhere. Yep. See, it's Philip CV comic art right on Instagram. On Instagram
1: and Facebook, is Philip CV comic art. On Twitter, mm. it's just at Philip CV.
0: So, cool. So that And way then I have a website
1: can... where all that's together. It's yeah. yeah. We'll, we'll post. Com. We'll
0: try to post some some links in, oh, the, in the show notes as well, so that way people can keep up with you, and that way you know they can see where you're going to be and when if they want to try to come out and for sure yeah get some stuff signed or whatever so yeah. I don't want to thank you so much for coming back and chatting oh, with no. us again thank you. thanks for having me anytime it's so much fun to get some insight on the book and let's say <laughs> we're, we're giddy because it's like it's so nice to be in this position of like oh we know people we get to read stuff early and people <laughs> want to come talk to us about things um, it's just it's a it's a perk of having 100 episodes at this point right I know happy, cool happy 100 mm-hmm. and yeah like
1: other pros or retailers anyone out there listening if you want a copy of the book just let me know I'll email PDFs out I've got oh, the first two sheets together because I want people to like know what they're getting into when Mm -hmm. they order the book or you know whatever review it as well so
0: i will say this you know without spoiling anything reading the uh, we'll we'll just go off the first issue just reading the first issue i think there's a lot of stuff to enjoy and you know i mean no one does this because they're not passionate about doing it yeah but there's honestly i think few people i know that are that love comics and are as passionate about it as you are just from your social media and just cut different conversations we've had. You know what I mean? You are a fan. So true. You know what I mean? Yeah. So if you want to read something that's done by a guy that just loves the medium and (laughs) wants to explore what it's capable of, Mm -hmm. I think this is a book you really should check out. And that's not even, you know, spoiling anything of the plot. Just (laughs) it's, it's a, it's going to be a fun ride. I can already tell.
1: Thank you. I'm trying really hard to make it that way.
0: Cool. Make sure you guys are following us everywhere as well as foc underscore podcast on both Twitter and Instagram. We're on uh, Facebook, Fortress of Comitude Podcast. Check out our Marvel versus DC debate, which was the big two-hour screaming match that we had, <laughs> which should be up at the same time this one's up or maybe the day before, depending on when we get caught back up. Uh, so that's coming. And then we also have Comic Book Club, which is coming up next week, which will be Joss Whedon's X-Men, the first story arc of that. Oh. It's going to (laughs) be good times. Uh, So until next time, my name is Tyler. I'm Mary. And peace out, guys.